Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Father, speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to finish our series titled, The Promise of the Good News. Can you say with me, The Promise of the Good News? The Promise of the Good News. Have you ever heard anybody say, I got my second wind? Or that person got their second wind? Second wind. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Second wind, if you've ever heard that phrase or that term, second wind is a phenomenon in long distance racing. It happens when a, a runner, whether it's in a marathon or some other sporting event, when a runner who gets to a point of exhaustion, they're too tired to be able to continue or to even press on. They all of a sudden, suddenly, they receive this burst of energy. And this burst of energy that they receive helps them to press on, continue, and to be able to finish the race. And a lot of runners have been able to describe this experience or this phenomenon as something that takes place without them even forcing it. It's not something that they can plan for. It just happens. In other words, runners at some point in a race or in a marathon, they feel like quitting because they get so tired that they can't continue. They get to the point where they're out of breath. And when they get to that point, they're about to quit. But they receive what's called the second wind. And it's this burst of energy that all of a sudden, now they can continue running with more energy, and they say, man, they can continue running with less effort. It's a phenomenon. This phenomenon has been documented for over 100 years, and it has been the experience of many athletes across different sports. But we can also now take that term, and we've heard it, and we hear it related to different parts of life. A lot of people, when they've gotten to the point of having passed their prime, their youth, their years of strength and of vigor, they've gotten past that time, they've felt tired, like they can't continue, like it's already over. And all of a sudden, they receive this new idea, this new burst of energy to be able to continue on. And we've considered that or even called those times and moments they received their second wind. They received their second wind. Now, the reason why this wind, this second wind experience is such a phenomenon is because nobody really knows how this happens. So you can't force it. If runners could make it happen every time they got tired, they would finish more races. But they can't plan for that. It's not guaranteed. Because it's something that you, you can't make happen, you don't know when it's going to come. So every time a runner doesn't finish a race, they put, it said, they put three letters after their name. D-N-F. Did not. And runners don't like that. They don't want to receive a D, N, F, did not finish after their name in a marathon. Nobody, nobody starts a race thinking, man, I can't wait till it's all over so that they can put a D, N, F, did not finish after my name. Nobody trains and prepares for a marathon or race or a sporting event thinking, man, I'm going to quit halfway through. Nobody starts with the intention of never being able to finish. Could you imagine starting something that you've trained for and right through the process, all of a sudden tiredness sits in and you can't continue and you have to quit. And after 
for your name at the end of the race, you get a big D-M-F. Did not. Kerwin Santiago, DNF. Did not. I don't know about you, but man, that's not what I want in my life. That's what I, I, I wouldn't want that after my name in anything. I would like to be able to finish everything that I started. In fact, I want to tell you that it's the same way in the Christian life. When compared to a long distance race, we see that in the Bible, many people, and especially Paul in particular, compares it to a long distance race. Paul said, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked before us. Let us run with perseverance the race that is marked before us. You see, nobody also ever becomes a Christian thinking, man, I'm going to quit halfway through and end up with a D and F. Did not finish after my name in eternity. You see, Paul was able to say at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And that should be our goal. That should be our desire to finish our lives having served God until the very end so that we can hear the words of our Lord when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and let's celebrate. I don't know about you, but that's what I want when I finish my life. We want to finish so that we can receive the promises of God that have been given to us as an inheritance when our life ends. But the reality is that many of us don't finish because we get tired along the way. We get tired and we get tempted to give up. Before we get to the finish line, we get tempted to quit halfway through the process. The question is, what is it that makes us tired? What is it, what is it that in the midst of our Christian lives gets us to the point of wanting to throw in the towel when things become hard? And the answer to that would be that just like in any race, there is a road and a way and a path that you have to travel. And that path is never straight and much less flat. Sometimes the path in a race, a trail in a race can have hills and it can have mountains and it can have uneven conditions or imperfect conditions. Trails in races can have uneven surfaces and the conditions can get to a point where it can be extremely hot or it can be extremely humid or it can be very cold or it can get rainy or even windy and every single one of these things can become a factor that causes us to slow down and get tired in the way so also so also life sometimes has hard terrains and tough conditions, especially the Christian life. We find resistance in different moments and seasons of our Christian life. Sometimes we hit rough patches. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we go through painful experiences. We go through sufferings because of hardships. We go through sicknesses that touch our bodies. Or the bodies of our loved ones. We lose our possessions or our ability to provide. Sometimes we go through betrayals and rejection. And the thing is that when we face these adverse conditions in life. Finishing our race. Getting to the end becomes something very hard to accomplish. If there is any hope of us being able to finish the race that we started. We need one thing. We need one thing. We need a second wind. Can I get an amen? 
when we go through hardships that cause us to get tired along the way, we need a second wind. And now, the question is, how can we get the second wind that is so needed in times when we feel like giving up? How can we get a second wind if it's something that we can't just fabricate, produce, or force when we need it? It's a phenomenon. Nobody knows how it happens. Nobody knows how to get it when it comes to running. But I have good news for you today. Even though runners can't get it when they need it in a race, we can get it when we need it in the life of Christians. We can get a second wind spiritually, emotionally, and even in some cases physically by doing Two very important things in our lives. I can tell you this right now. If we want a second win in our life right now. There are two things that we need to do in our lives. We need to remember who God is. And we need to trust in who God is. When life gets so hard that you want to give up living for God. And you can't find the strength to continue on. The only thing that you need to do is remember who God is and trust in who he is. That's why Isaiah told the people of God in Isaiah chapter 40. And now you can go with me to the text. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 27 to verse 31. He said, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But, say with me, but. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not grow faint. This is the promise of the good news. This is the promise of God for those that trust in him. And put their hope in him. Isaiah is saying this. That when life's hardships cause you to lose hope in God's promises, remember who God is so that you can anchor yourself in his promises and trust in him so that you will be empowered to obtain his promises. But the first thing you need to know if you want a second win or new strength so that you can finish the race is that Life's hardships can cause you to lose hope in God's promises. Can I get an amen? Can we be honest today? Life's hardships can cause us to lose hope in God's promises. And so Isaiah prepares the people here for a time when disaster will come to them. And they will have lost all hope in God's promises because of the hardships that they will face. And they will think at that moment, God has changed his mind about me, about fulfilling his promises. And he has forgotten about me. They will feel like God will not even pay attention to them. At a moment of going through trials and suffering, they'll think, man, God doesn't even hear my prayers. Just like many of us, we've been there. In the same way, sometimes... In our lives, the pressures of our life, the daily grind of each day can get to us and cause us to think that God has forgotten about us. It can make us think, man, God, you, I, can't, I don't even feel like you hear what I'm saying. It makes us want to stop living for God. That's why Jesus said 
because of the increase of wickedness in this world, the love of most people would grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Listen to what Jesus is saying. The hardships of life can cause us to want to give up. Hardships of life can cause us to want to quit halfway through. Hardships in life, daily grind of life can cause us to say, man, I'm not going forward. I'm done. I'm done. But that's, but that life's hardships can cause us to lose hope in God's promises means, or let me say it this way, that life's hardships can cause us to lose hope in God's promises means this. That we sometimes think that he is too great, that he is too big to even care for us. Because compared to him, we are insignificant. Have you ever felt like that? You think, man, yeah, I know God is big. You don't have to tell me. I know God is great. Here, Isaiah tells the people in verse 27, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. In other words, they're saying, God, you've forgotten about me. You don't hear me. And then he says, he says here, have you not heard the Lord? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary and tired and his understanding no one can fathom. God is great. God is awesome. We hear that all the time. God is great. He's the creator. Listen, Isaiah wasn't telling the people something they didn't know. The problem was that what they knew about God, they used it to think wrongly about you see, they knew God was great. They knew God is big. They know God is powerful. They know he is all wise and has all understanding. But having that knowledge doesn't do anything. If you interpret it and use it the wrong way. Because you can think and know God is big. But then when you go through hardships, you can say, yeah, and he's so big, he doesn't even care about me. Why would he even concern himself with my petty little problems? God is so big, he doesn't have time to want to deal with my little situations. Life's hardships, man, can come to our lives and cause us to misinterpret the things that we know about God. We can think in the midst of it, yeah, you know what? God has forgotten about me. And he's letting me go through this because he doesn't even care about I'm too little. I'm too small. I'm too insignificant for God to even care about me. He is great. He is big. And so life's difficulties can cause us to feel that our problems are just too petty for God that has more important things to deal with. Can I get an amen? Somebody are, is somebody here? Am I talking to anybody? And in those moments we'll question We'll question, just like the people question, God, why don't you pay attention to me? God, why does it feel like my prayers are not even going past the ceiling? Has anybody here ever gone through something like that? You see, maybe it might be, listen, as life's hardships come to us and cause us to want to give up living for God and lose hope in God's promise. It could be, in some instance, that maybe you're tithing. And you're giving offerings, man. You're like, yes, I believe in God. I be He's my provider I'm giving. But then all of a sudden, a financial hardship hits you. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, your investment goes down the drain. You pray this test. And what you know about God is challenged. And some people in that moment might be tempted to say, not going to keep on giving tithe. I'm not going to keep on giving offerings. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Forget about living for God. Forget about giving to God. Or you might be, or you might be single. And maybe you made a commitment in your life to be sexually pure before God. 
And you say, God, I'm going to save myself to the day of marriage. God, I'm, I'm going to be pure before you. I'm not going to sleep with anybody. You made a commitment, God, I'm going to be, I'm going to stay on the right path. I'm going to wait for you to send me that spirit. That prince in shining armor. God, I'm awake because I believe in your promises. God, you're a great God and anything is possible. But then years go by. And there's no prince in shining armor. And there's no ring on that finger. And what you know about God begins to be challenging. And you might be tempted in that moment to want to give up living for God. Because the hardships of life causing you to lose hope of his promises. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here. But life's hardships can cause us to lose hope in God's promises. That's true. But there is a way I came to tell you today. There is a way to not give up even when you feel tired because of the adversity that you're facing. Your problem, listen, can I tell you this morning, your problem doesn't have to be what ends the race for you. The problem, the adversity, the tribulation doesn't have to be what makes you give up and fall short of finishing and crossing the line. There is a way to regain the strength that you have lost. There is a way to receive the power that you need to be able to make it to the end. There is a way to obtain the second wind that you need to be able to cross the finish line. Renewal can come to your life refreshing can come to your life second wind can come to you if you do two things can I give them to you today the first way to receive a second wind a refreshing of the Holy Spirit a renewal in our lives when we've been beaten down by the tribulations and hardships of life. There's a way, and the first way that we can renew ourselves and receive that new strength is by remembering who God is so that you can anchor yourself in his promises. Listen, can I, can I get an amen there for somebody? If you want to receive a second win in your life, you have to remember who God is so that you can anchor yourself in his promises. You see, Isaiah's solution to the hopelessness of the people was to remind them of who their God was and what he had done. They were thinking, man, God, you are so great. You don't even care about us anymore. But Isaiah was telling them, listen, no, no, no. You have to reinterpret what you know about God. In fact, maybe you have to relearn the things that you know about God. When you think of his goodness and you think of his greatness and you think of his power and you think of his wisdom, you should not say, God is too great to even care. You should say, my God is too great to fail me. He's great. He's so big, he can't forget about you. He's so powerful, there's nothing he won't do for you. He is so wise that there is nothing that happens in your life. That he doesn't know about. I wish I was preaching to someone there. People of God. The people of God already possessed the truth. You know. They knew that God was an eternal creator. They knew that he was untiring. And they. For that reason should have never doubted his capacity. They knew. That God was all wise and all knowing and therefore they should know or should have interpreted that he would never allow for anything that happens in their lives to go past them. You see as a God of eternity I want to let you know this morning he does not change as creator 
of all things. He has all glories, all attributes, all powers. And he does not grow weary or tired. He doesn't need a second wind. God doesn't run out of breath. He's been from everlasting to everlasting, from beginning to end. He is the Alpha and Omega, the one that was, that is, and that will be. He does not change. He does not grow tired. So therefore, he doesn't abandon his purposes. Because he doesn't grow tired. He doesn't postpone his purposes and his plans so that he can rest because he can go on. Your God is too big to fail you. He is so great that you should think he will never forget about you. That's why Hebrews, it tells us, that when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. There was nobody greater that he could swear by. There's nobody that can stand next to God. There is nobody that has as much wisdom as he does or power as he does. So when he looked for somebody to swear by so that you could believe in his promises, he looked around and said, there's nobody around that is compared to me. There's nobody around that is equal to me. So I have to swear by myself. And that oath that he made by himself should cause you to think he will never, ever fail you. He will never fail you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. I know things look hard. I know things have gotten tough. I know that you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But he will not forget you. You see, when I remember God's greatness, this should cause me not to think that God is too great to care for me. But it should cause me to think that he's too great to fail me. Can somebody say that this morning? Can somebody say that with me? Can you say God is too great to fail me? He's too great. Turn to somebody and tell him he's too great to fail you. He's too great to fail you. Yes, he's big. Yes, he's awesome. Yes, he has the world in his hands. But that doesn't mean he doesn't think of you. That doesn't mean he doesn't remember you. So remembering who God is should anchor us in his promises. You see, maybe you want to give up on your marriage because you don't see your husband making an effort to make things work. Maybe the relationship has become so hard to endure that you can't see how God could ever save him. Maybe you've lost all hope. But then you remember what Peter said in the Bible. He said, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives. And as you remember the word of God and you remember what it says, you regain new strength to continue on in your marriage. You are ready to give up. You are ready to give up hope. But then you remember, no, I have to stop talking. I just got to start living this out. I got to start loving. And when you do and you live by God's word, his promises. Renew your strength when you anchor yourself in that word. Maybe, maybe. You might think that your child is too rebellious and is beyond your control. So all that is left to do is yell and scream and fight and argue. 
trying to get them to change. And in reality, sometimes things get worse instead of better. But then you remember what Paul said. Parents, don't provoke your children to anger, but raise them with discipline and instruction about the Lord. And when you were just about ready to give up on your child, you remember, no, God, your word is true. God, you are faithful, and I will not stop or give up believing in your name. All of a sudden, when you remember God's word and you find new strength to continue on, you get that second win experience that lets you Continue until you can achieve the finish line. You see, remembering who God is, what he has done, and what his word says anchors us in his promises so that when the winds of life come and the adverse conditions rise, we can stand firm and not be moved to give up. Remembering who God is will anchor us in his promises. That's the first way to receive that second win. You want new strength? Do you, do you need new strength today? Do you need renewal? Do you need refreshing in your spirit, in your life? Do you need a burst of new energy, spiritual vitality? Man, bring back to memory the word of God and the promises of God and the things God has said and repeat them and confess them and go to the word when you're feeling down, when you face your adverse situation at your work, in your home or your finances, go to the word of God and say, God, I believe your word. I stand on your promises and I will not be moved. And when you get into God's word and you bring his word back to remembrance, man, it's like a breath of fresh air. You can breathe again and you can face your hardships and you can face your troubles with the power that you need that you can only find in remembering who he is. And the second way, the second way and the last way to be able to renew your strength, to be able to receive that second win. Somebody say, God, we need that second win. God, I need that second win right now. I need that second win. Second way to obtain it is to trust in God. Say with me, trust in God so that you will be empowered to obtain his promises. The first one is that I've got to remember who God is so that I can anchor myself in his promises. The second one is that I need to be able to trust who this God is so that I will be able to obtain the promises. And so now Isaiah points out that life shows that merely natural resources fail. But a different experience is possible. He says here in verse 30, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. In other words, the people in the prime of their life who have prepared, trained, have all the natural resources. They have it all together. They have all they need. They have all the money in the world. He says, man, even they will fall and stumble. Because natural resources can only take you so far. It doesn't matter how hard you train for a race. It'll get to a point where you will get tired. It doesn't matter how many weights you lift. It will get to a point in a competition where your body will give out. We are limited in our natural resources. It doesn't matter how money you have. It can get to a point where if the economy crashes, you'll lose everything you have. It doesn't matter how much power you have, authority, position you have. It will get to a point where situations can be beyond your control. So natural resources are not the answer for everything. And sometimes we get to a point in our lives when we're going through hardships and difficulties that natural resources are not enough to be able to overcome them. We get tired. We lose strength. We want to give up. And Isaiah says to them, listen, even the strongest of the strongest will get tired. Even the most fittest of the fittest will fall and stop. But there is a different experience 
for those who hope in the Lord. They can receive new strength. Am I talking to anybody here today? You can renew your strength so that you can persevere until you obtain the promise. What is he saying? He's saying this second win experience, this renewal, this new strength is not something natural. You can't obtain it by taking vitamins, by working out, by running in the mornings every day. You can't obtain it by drinking Rockstar or Red Bull. You can't obtain it by natural means. You can only obtain it supernaturally. This is something that is beyond us. The second win is not something that you can force. The second win experience, the renewal of the spirit, the new energy from God can only come by supernatural means. That's why the Bible says not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is not a man thing. It's a God thing. This is not something that you can do in your own power, in your own understanding. This is something that God can only do inside of us. I wish I was preaching to somebody. <laughs> Putting my hope and my trust in the Lord means that I will wait patiently. Say with me, patiently. Patiently. And say, say it slow. Say it slow. So that you can get it. Because we have to be patient. Come on, can I get an amen to that? When it comes to God and his promises, we need patience. We have to learn to wait because God speaks and it's not until sometimes years and years later that he fulfills his promises. But it's not in my time. It's in his time that he does it. And the only thing I need is strength to be able to learn how to wait. I need strength. I need a second win so that I can be patient, God. We need patience. When you look around your life and you look at your marriage and you look at your children and you look at your job situation and you look at your bank account and you look at your church situation and you're like God I thought you said and God I thought your word said and God I've been asking you to help and God I've been praying to you and you look and nothing's changing nothing's happening man listen we have to understand we need more God, give me patience and give it to me now, God. So putting my hope in the Lord means that I'm going to wait patiently for him to answer me. Man, that's hard. Man, that's hard. Waiting patiently for God to answer my prayers, my requests. When I'm in deep trouble, Man, I need an answer now. Sometimes you don't get the answer now. So we need patience. We need to learn to wait. We need to be able to endure. But in order to be able to endure and continue, we need new strength. Putting our hope in the Lord means that not only will I wait patiently for him to answer me, it means that I will rest in his presence until he gives me new strength. I'm meaning, I'm, God, I'm not going to stop praying. Meaning, God, I'm not going to stop worshiping. Meaning, God, I'm not going to start lifting my hands to you no matter what it is that I'm going through. 
I'm not going to give up and give in. God, you know what? Even though I'm going through hardships, God, in this moment of worship, I'm going to lift my hands and rest in your presence. God, even when my life is going through tribulations and hardships, God, I'm going to take time out of my busy schedule to bend my knees and rest in your presence. And I will rest in your presence until I receive that second wind. Until I receive that supernatural strength that only you can give. You see, in this renewal that takes place in the lives of those believers that are tired, that want to give up, happens as we maintain a continued relationship with God of expecting, of trusting, and of resting. Expecting, trusting, waiting, and resting. Expecting that He will do. Waiting that He will come through. And resting in His promises. Expecting, waiting, resting. It's something that we need to learn. It's something that we need to practice. Because only he can give us that new strength. Does anybody here this morning say, God, give me that new strength. God, give me a second win. That's why Paul said, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. And are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. His glory and his strength the Bible says are ever increasing. That's why we hear songs that say we go from glory to glory. From glory to glory because God increases our strength in his spirit that's why Paul said though we outwardly though we outwardly are wasting away man we're getting older we have white hairs we're losing our hair we're getting wrinkles we don't have the strength we used to have physically. Paul is saying, man, we, we, we're wasting away at outwardly. Not, not like Gilbert, you know, he just turned 60 and he looks like he's 40. God, give us some of that renewed energy that he has. But he's saying, even though we're wasting away outwardly with the exception of Gilbert, Say with me, yet. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. God is working inside of us, giving us new strength each day. That's why I can get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because even though I was tired yesterday, when I went into his presence, he gave me the strength to continue on. That's why the psalmist says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Hallelujah. The autumn 
rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. There is new strength. There is power from God available for you so that you can continue and press on until you can obtain the promises of God. God doesn't want you to quit halfway. God doesn't want you to give up before you reach the end. He wants us to get to eternity so that he can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in the little things. I will put you over many things. Come and enter so that we can celebrate. Hallelujah. And that's why Isaiah says, young man, grow weary and tired. Natural resources run out. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Listen, this is supernatural. They will rise on wings like eagles. You know what that means? That the eagle can soar when the winds of adversity are coming against them. They don't stop the eagle. In fact, they help the eagle go to new heights. And God says, those who hope in me will be like eagles that when the adversity of life and the hardships come, instead of causing you to crash, they're going to cause you to rise even higher. God is going to take you to the finish line. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So, when life gets hard, instead of giving up, now, now, you say, God, I'm going to put my hope in you. And I'm going to maintain a relationship with you by praying and studying your word. And as I do that, God, supernaturally, I start to receive this new strength that I didn't have. Have you ever been there? Man, you feel like giving up on a relationship. You feel like quitting at your job. You feel like leaving your family. You feel like just leaving everything behind. And all of a sudden, you hear a word from God. You go to the word. You read a passage. And somehow, something supernaturally gets a hold of you. And you receive a second wind to be able to continue. That's what God says. God says, come to me, all who are weary and tired. And I will give you rest. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. So I came to tell you today, when life's hardships cause you to lose hope in God's promise, remember who God is so that you can anchor yourself in his promises and trust in him so that you will be empowered to obtain his promises. When you're thinking God is too great to even care for little old me, remember he's not too great to care for you. Your God is too great to fail you. He's too great to fail you. You're going to finish. And at the end of your life, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I prophesy over you this morning? At the end of your life, when you get to eternity and you're before God, after your name, it will say D.F. Did finish. You will finish. He will give you the strength. It's not on your strength. It's not in your power. You got to trust in him. 
to receive his strength and his power. So Jesus says, let us not become weary, or Paul says, let us not become weary in well-doing. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Will you trust him today? Will, will you trust him today? Will, will you decide today to say, God, I'm going to trust you continually? Jesus said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And it's in this maintained relationship with him in which I'm expecting, I'm trusting, and I'm resting in God that I receive that supernatural new strength to be able to go on day by day even through the hardships and adversity even through the different seasons of life I can go to him that's why Jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest if you, if you need new strength this morning if you need a renewal of the spirit a refreshing of the spirit Lift your hands right there where you're at. I want to pray this morning. Come on, lift your hands right there. If you say, Pastor, I need a second wind. I need supernatural strength. Lift your hands. And he'll give you peace. He'll give you patience. He'll give you comfort. He'll give you boldness. He'll give you new energy. He'll give you renewed hope. He'll give you stronger faith. As you seek him right now, come on, rest in him. As you call out to him, as you remember him and his word, you will find new strength so that you can finish the race. And God will say, let's celebrate for you did finish. You will finish. You will finish. It's not over for you. I declare it over your life. You will finish this race. You'll obtain the victory. Come on. Say it today. Say it today. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.